Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to a bonus episode of Pride Pots. A very special bonus episode mm. because he's gone all serious for some reason. Why do you why do you go serious as soon as Because he went a bit serious. I did not go serious. You went serious as soon as I was about to intro you. Well, you thought I was gonna your you're preempting the fact that you think I'm going to intro you. Yeah, were you not? Well, I could do. Oh, okay. We have Alex on the podcast. Uh, Hello. There he is. Hi, that's me. Yeah. Great to meet you. You too. Have you guys not met? Yet? We've not. Never. You've what? kept you've kept us secret from each other. Why is that, Jay? Uh, I don't know. Just felt like we dirtied little secrets. Is that what it is? <laughs> yeah, we have a yeah. Josh Roberts and I <clears throat> are in love. Big time. Big time, baby. It's a very diverse sofa today, I have to say. Just <laughs> mm. phoning it in with yeah. the three middle-class white dudes. Yeah, just rocking it. <laughs> Killing it. But it, hey, listen, it's a big, it is a special episode because uh, it's Mental Health Awareness Week. Mm. Uh, it's running all this week. It's focused around loneliness. Mm. Um, and loneliness is a funny one because firstly with loneliness, it has lots of different scales of like well, how people, typically I think when people think of loneliness, they go, well, is that someone who has no friends or someone who is, um, uh, a nomad or whatever it is but yes. actually there's way different variants of it isn't there 100 percent. was i think of it in terms of like disconnection there mm. we go and so knew it the um the capability <laughs> you know you can be with surrounded by lots of people but uh but not feel like you're connected to them in any way yeah we mm. see, see yeah. what we do is we, we bring him in and yeah. he just delivers the gold we josh roberts we said josh roberts yeah, how about Straight in. you should have Straight a little post-it in. note no post-it note today. no post-it note at all shooting from the hip um, before we kick things off, we should probably ask each of us, how are we? How is everyone? Let's start with you, Matt. How are you? Do you know what? I'm actually really good. Really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've had, had a good couple of weeks. I have been doing quite a lot of things to, to like, I was, I was in a little bit of a shit period. Yeah. Put some stuff, enacted some, some stuff to, to sort of turn it around. Good man. I.e. I've just been boozing every day. It's amazing yeah. what alcohol can do. Can you um, elaborate no, on what no. you said when you weren't feeling good though? I think I was just, I was having one of these kind of, it was a bit of a life, uh, a life doubt where you go, shit, like what, what am I doing? Mm. What's the purpose? Like, who am I? It was just, I don't know. I just had one of those. It lasted for about a month and I was kind of a bit all over the place. Um, Do you think you were boozing because that's how you were feeling or you're feeling like that because you were boozing or it's like a bit of both? So a little bit of history. I actually wasn't boozing. I did a hundred days off, off booze. Um, and weirdly in that period had this kind of, you had the same, stri- yeah. Jamie had the exact same. Yeah, really, really, mine was really bad. Yeah. I think, I think what it is, is, is cause when, when you booze, you're, so you're, you're in a bit of a cycle, you go and you're, you know, you're hung over and you're almost in this kind of like survival. Yeah. You, you don't actually have time to let things rest and, and digest things and think properly. So if you're constantly hung over and you're constantly in that cycle, you don't, yeah, you don't, you don't think about the bigger picture. Um, yeah. and I think. I had time to sort of just, yeah, it was, I think it was, it was just a readjustment of the way I was doing things, readjustment of my life and kind of aiming myself in a, in a more productive. So you're back, posi- on, back, you're back on the source now. I'm, I'm drinking again, but weirdly I've, so I've come out of this hundred days and I did win a bet with Jamie, which he's, oh. 
annoyed about. But um, but I think you know what that's called though. I had exactly the same thing. Yeah. It's called white knuckling. White knuckling is where typically um, if you drink a lot and you you give up alcohol, they do it when you go on a roller coaster and you grip hold of the the bar and yeah. your knuckles go white. That's why they call it. It's like you're clinging on. And actually, typically, what happens when people give up alcohol actually things come to the surface that potentially have been being suppressed because of alcohol, or whatever. Not saying that this is what you went through, Mitt. Mm. But I definitely think, um, you know, it, uh, uh, this is not what we meant to, but, but with alcoholism actually normally starts at such a young age and people don't realize that. Like typically most alcoholics or a huge percentage of alcoholics um, start becoming alcoholics in their teens because you're socially anxious, nervous, lonely, whatever it is, mm. sad. And then you start drinking alcohol in your teens and you go, oh my God, this actually makes me feel better. Mm. And it makes you feel more confident or so you think it does and all these different things. So actually you, you learn to... Um, Use alcohol as a tool in your teens. Well, we've chatted about this before, but I always say the best possible anti-anxiety medication you can take yeah. is like two and a half pints, three pints maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the, totally. pro the problem is that you can't, you can't live your life having had, well, I guess you probably could, but it wouldn't be a particularly productive life. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And at some point you've got to get off the roller coaster and experience that sort of decline. But I think it's so fascinating that... Um, that you had the same thing. Cause whenever I've given up booze for, you know, more than a couple of weeks, I feel fucking great. Yeah. And, I mean, and mentally I too, not I, just like I, in my body. I definitely but. felt good. I definitely felt good. I think taking booze out of the whole thing, it was just a bit of a transitional yeah. phase where I was just working out the next steps. And I, I think, I think I'm 31 now. I do think around that time in your life, you do have that kind of like, right. Okay. Oh my God, yeah. what, mm. what is this? What am I doing? Like, so I, and it's quite scary because you kind of have to almost like say goodbye a little bit to some of these things that you've done for so long and you've become quite attached to. Yes. So you're kind of like mourning. You're like, oh, okay, fuck, I've actually got to do this now. Right. Okay. It's a little bit of growing up. I but guess. That is so funny because I, um, I had exactly that, what you, you were saying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I know you did. I, I remember you saying, I remember you saying, but um, yeah, so I think, and then obviously I kind of just started, I mean, it's pretty straightforward, but doing yoga, doing meditation, mm. um, learning as much as I can about new ways of thinking and trying to sort of, you know, take on as much knowledge and, and finger up the bum, finger up the bum, uh, most, most, loads of porn. most mornings, <laughs> actually not watching porn. Oh, uh, there you go. Cut porn out completely. Really? Yeah. Josh, take note. No. <laughs> he, he's actually, he's like one of the MPs. He's got it up on his phone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love that. Whilst no. recording. No. God. Yeah, it's it's uh it is a bad I don't think it's good. It's good juju. It's not good for society, I don't think. I think it fucks up a lot of people's heads. Oh, hundred percent it does. It's yeah. it's like it's But like, you've got to pick your vices, you know, if like everyone has some things that they're doing and I don't I don't actually agree with that. You don't? I don't think you have you to know. pick your vices. I think mm -hmm. you you can oh, you a good point. Because because I think with that mentality you He go, doesn't agree, Josh, you don't agree. No, no, but I feel with that mentality you go, Oh well it's my vice and, and then you don't do anything to try and yeah. uh, improve your relationship with it. It's like anything, you overdo anything. So if you overdo drink, you, that, you know, you're going to end up in hospital if you do it too much. If you overdo, overdo food, you're going to be unhealthy. If you overdo porn, it's, it's, a, it's a stimulant. It's going to fry your, your, your yes. brain. It's going to mess your sex life up. And that, has, it definitely did. It messed up my sex life previously. Research on that's really, really interesting. The, there's this wonderful graph <clears throat> in terms of um, erectile dysfunction amongst men under 35. And in 2000 and I want to say six, I think it was when the porn tube sites start, like the free mm, YouTube version of porn Don't sites. talk about it like you don't know what they it's, are. It's like this, uh, <laughs> this sort of like precipitous fall. I mean, like, you know, drops like 35% overnight when the, the tube sites come back, um, you kind of initiate. 
Really, wait, wait, so really, really explain that again. Explain that again. So, so in terms of erectile dysfunction amongst yeah. men under the age of 35, which is mm. not uncommon, but it's also not particularly common. Yeah. Or at least evolutionary wise wouldn't be. And it kind of bumbles along like this, 1930s, 50s, 60s, 70s. And then <clears throat> when free porn and broadband internet hits in 2006, seven, erectile dysfunction just goes. Wow. Yeah, it's huge. It, it, it makes total sense. Oh, of course if it you does, think yeah. about it, like it's just kind of rewiring your your sexual synapses, whatever whatever they're called, to kind of lean towards porn. So when it comes to actual sex, yeah. you're no longer as stimulated because you've kind of been bombarded by this other form of... It's just it's, it's just pretty unnatural, basically. So you're living this monkish... No, because you are drinking, but you're also yogaring and... I'm just, I'm just trying to get a better relationship with things. Just because, I, I, you know, I've been an extremist for a lot of my 20s and, yes. and, and early 30s. I push the boundaries on everything that... I kind of had had an inkling for, um, but I think but, but I think having a vice is not a bad thing. And like obviously, it if depends it's an extreme, it if it's murder, then yeah, if it's murder, it's not good. Not what do you think but, your vice is, James? <laughs> I think my vice Big is term. crushing people, <laughs> crushing people financially by a financial, yeah, exactly, uh, dominating my, the candy industry. My yeah. <laughs> my vice was my vice. It's funny about alcohol. I had a I had a bad relationship with alcohol before. Because I think I was suppressing stuff with it. And that's when I was doing MIC and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and so then when I used to give up alcohol, I used to feel um, extreme levels of anxiety. And that was weird, right? And I was like, wait, hang on, I've given up alcohol, but I still feel really anxious. Now when I give up alcohol, I feel fab. Yeah. And it's actually what is damaging now is actually when I drink too much. So, and <laughs> I'll I think, tell you this actually. Sorry, it's just a side note. I think my vice is alcohol. What's, what, yeah, <clears> well, after note. we had dinner and I was sitting there drink, drinking pints being like sort of, um, did you, did I, did you, I leave you by yourself? No, 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 no. I was chatting, met up with someone else. Oh, okay. Moved cool. from one to the other, mate. But Jamie was drinking <laughs> these, um, what do you call it? Like a skinny bitch or something? Like the celebrity was, drink. It's um, the celebrity vodka vodka and, loser. Vodka, vodka and soda. Yeah. And like, yeah. you know, like dipping cotton wool and diet Coke for dinner and all this kind of stuff. And afterwards <laughs> I got, I got home and I was like, fuck. I said to my wife, I was like, I'm going to try like to, to, and see if it makes a meaningful impact. I'm not going to drink pints anymore. I'm going to have your... So is that what you've done? You had some extraordinary requests for this poor waitress. Is like, what you? Oh, you're like, oh, can I get a diet lemonade and tequila? She was like, no. <laughs> yeah, you did say no. Have you? You look skinny though. Thanks, mate. Yeah, well, you've I've, lost weight. I've been doing what I've now discovered is called intermittent fasting. Mm. Oh, hello. I just don't eat breakfast. <laughs> yeah, 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 like, yeah. Just starve yourself. Yeah, it's yeah. actually banging. <laughs> yeah, it's the best. But there's all these books about it and podcasts and stuff. And then I asked the friend. He said, "Oh, you just don't eat breakfast, and you have to have dinner. I think before eight o'clock." What, mm. what, wait, Josh, we need to ask, um, how are you feeling? I'm all right, mate. Yeah, I'm good. I've really struggled with my sleep for the last month or so. It's been, it's been yeah, really shit again. Yeah, I've had, I've had that. It's terrible. And, um, but you, you don't know Josh's, and, and perhaps we should remind everyone. <laughs> okay, oh, yeah. okay, okay. So just to, for anyone who's tuning in, um, Josh, great friend of mine, um, Alex, Josh came on the podcast. We were introed by a friend. Yeah. Uh, maybe th four years ago, three something years like ago, that, yeah. something like that. Yeah. Josh had just written a book called The Anxious Man. Mm -hmm. I said every single time, it's a fabulous book. Yeah. It's so good. And you should uh, go and listen to it. Uh, listen to it. Well, you can listen to it probably. You can listen to, you can listen to me reading it. Oh, listen to reading I, it. I, do I the think I well. have that book. No, it's I so good. It's, in, it's really? actually in my bedroom. Yeah. 
Shit, yeah, really? I don't, I don't know what it's doing. Mid, it is. I, I remember so you replace porn with. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 just wanking into literature. But it, it is, <laughs> it is so good. It is so good. Anyway, um, Josh, I uh, came on the podcast, spoke about your book, uh, and I read your book, loved the book. We then became friends. We start doing a podcast together called Voicemail, where yeah. we talk about different things, and that occasionally happens. And it's on Patreon at the moment, but we're hopefully bringing it back. Yeah. And uh, we just became friends from then on. And your story was very similar to mine. Both had panic attacks. You talk about the dreaded party you went to the next day. You had a panic attack. Exactly. Yeah. Led to general anxiety disorder. I'm telling a story for you. But you're, you're, and then you quit your job. You quit everything to become an author because you just had to change your life around. Um, and your thing was your sleep. You, your, you struggle with your sleep. Yeah. And it, what but, did you used to do to try and help yourself sleep? Well, no, because what you end up doing, obviously hilarious for you, um, is... <laughs> yeah. You had the most, most tumultuous <laughs> part of your life. Like, yeah, it's exactly. Like giggling. Josh, 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 like he had a piece of chocolate one night when he was going through his terrible... Because listen, I can, we can joke about... The point is about this is that we're sitting here talking about mental health. Mental health is incredibly serious. It is the week where we can... Uh, almost celebrate in a way mental health in a good way but what we like to do is don't be doom and gloomy about it no because take we, the piss out of me yeah, yeah have fun yeah. like we i suffer yeah. with anxiety i've had ocd i have insomnia whatever it is but we laugh about it continue it <laughs> thank you for that setup yeah <laughs> well no it's basically what happens it's very common is when you have something like a you struggle with insomnia what you do is then if you do have a good night's sleep you go back through the night before and you go shit okay what did i do differently mm. I drank this much water. I turned the light on and off this type amount of time. I ate one piece of one square of chocolate, but not two. It's <laughs> my favorite. Blah. And then very quickly these things become, and it's how people develop you know, obsessive compulsive disorder. Mm, yeah. you, you develop obsessions that you think relieve or prevent the, sorry, you can develop compulsions that you think prevent the obsessions. And that's how you get into these bizarre loops. It took, I still do some of that stuff. No, you don't. I, I promise you I do. Like what? I go for a piss before I get into bed. So the way it works is I get into bed. Yeah like five minutes of reading this or that. And then I have to get out and go and do another piss. And often I just stand there, nothing happens. And I get back into bed, but now it's okay. I can go to sleep. It is bizarre. Yeah, I, I know exactly what you, you know mean. You know what I mean? But it Not, becomes a rule. Yeah, yeah, I'm the same. I, I will like, I'll procrastinate so much and do all these things that I think are going to make me sleep better. So I'll drink like a, a sleep inducing tea. Yeah, yeah, And then yeah. by the time I finished all these things, it's like 2 a.m. And then I'm freaking <laughs> out. I'm like, oh shit, I'm only going to get five hours sleep. Five, five. And then I'm fucked. Like I'm up but, all night. But, and I hadn't had it for ages. I've been having such a good run, maybe like 18 months of no problems whatsoever. And then it clicked in. Yeah, bizarrely, I had my stag do. Where did you go that I wasn't invited to? Do you know what we did was we just went to a restaurant we had. It was one night. I feel they got so out of hand, these stag do's. That is, and that so is... mine was like one night in London. <laughs> And uh, yeah, it was really good. That's your safety net. Just quickly, I said, just, I was speaking to Josh about the wedding um, and um, I was explaining what I'm going to do because obviously you guys are all invited. And uh, Josh said, you only want to do one day. It's one day. Yeah, because he, he gets, too much, to, what are you he gets too much anxiety. I, I don't need it. And I, was, I did, and I did too because I'm going to be back to the pub on the Sunday and obviously it fucked me for to a be week. Fair, <laughs> to be fair, listening to a lot of people who have been going on uh, Stag Do's and Hendy's recently, mm. everyone fucking hates them. They don't like it. <laughs> exactly. like, they don't they, like they're it. They're so annoyed. They're like, oh my God, I've got to go away for another three-day weekend bender. It's going to be so expensive. Yeah, they yeah. come back fucking so You miserable. feel terrible. No, yeah. what's to do it? No. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. like forced, like getting Well, pissed. I think for my one, I'm going to go, I, I, I'm going to go skiing for three days. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Nice and relaxed. Just cheap. Yeah, yeah. Nice, yeah. cheap. We're going it to go does, to... doesn't get boozy there. It's very cheap. <laughs> Sam yeah, Moritz for it, three days. I love like you, you teed that up as though, I thought we were going to say like, we're going to go to the library and just like <laughs> learn. No, we're going to go skiing. I'm up for it though. <laughs> Wait, so Josh, so um, you did your stag do. Anyway, yeah. And then as a result of that, I just had the thought, oh fuck, I'm not going to sleep. Oh, and, then, the and, then, and then I was in, and then the panic was, fuck, maybe I'm like 
back in year one, yeah. you know, where it all went pear-shaped. And you're kind of like slaving over that. And then I just did all the stuff like you described. Yeah. You do the exercise, which is so, so important um, for me at least. Do the exercise, do all the CBT stuff that I've been wanging on about for years. Talk to people about it and get busy and stuff and just wait. And after five days, it started to, start to get better. Well, th that's the thing. They always do say that... Um, and I think the biggest fear is when that happens, whether you've had a bash of depression, anxiety, insomnia, OCD, whatever it is, yeah. when it then kicks back in, you go, you straight away catastrophize, especially mm. if you're an anxious person, you catastrophize and you go, it's going to be like it was before. I, I've, how many times have I spoken to you and gone, it's going to go back. It's yeah. going to go back to what it was like. And because it was so horrible, that period, you um, fear it so much. Now, this week, though, is all about loneliness. Yeah. Um, what is your take? Josh, on loneliness. Well, I think it's really, so the, the first thing to say is it's very, very interesting how people our age and a bit younger are the loneliest. Yeah. And it's a, this bizarre kind of paradox because we're at once the most connected generation in human history, but also the most disconnected and, and the most lonely. It's actually something, thankfully, I've never had huge issues with it, um, but I know lots and lots of people who do. And like we said, it sounds a bit trite, this idea of like being surrounded by people, but also feeling um, although you just have no connection as though you're kind of isolated and existing on your own. It's a really, really big problem. And um, the answer doesn't, the answer does not lie in the, in the mobile, in, in using your phone and, and hitting no. social media and stuff like that. Mm. Um, There's a scary statistic quickly, which is... Um, oh, he loves his statistics. Yeah. You do this with you? So. I actually, I actually just turn off. There's an ancient Chinese proverb. And yeah, you know, okay, yeah, here okay. we go. Well, I've got a few. It's regurgitated. Of course it's regurgitated. I have made it up. Like, Some, you, sometimes you do try and pass it off as your own. I know, but I know. occasionally. What, what do you want me to do is go and make up a stat that, that I have done? It would actually be more interesting because it would probably oh. be funny. All right, well, I've got... Okay, fine. Come on, hit us with the stat. Okay. Money don't make the world go round. Okay, well, Reaching out for a higher ground. I'll tell you a stat before we get into this one. The statistic is, okay... Uh, something like mm. they did a test, and I, I'm going to get it wrong, but it's a, around these lines. Um, they asked, uh, they did a survey on loneliness, and uh, this was about 30 years ago, I think it was, and they, uh, or 25 years ago maybe. They did a survey and asked uh, each individual how many friends they, how many close friends they have, and that includes sort of family members and things like that, and people they can really turn to. And that's just not just like going, oh hey, happy birthday. It's actually going for lunch and stuff like that. And the average answer was uh, four friends or five friends. It was four or five around that. That was the average answer. They did the same test in America. Now, the average answer was zero. That's mm. the average answer. That zero people in America, the average is, is that they don't have anyone they can turn to in terms of like need and help and worry and things like that. Mm. We're in, a, we're in, a, we're in a, a completely lonely environment, where, which we created for ourselves because of social media, because of our phones, because we think picking up our phone and texting someone is the same as meeting up in person, but it's not. Mm. We don't yeah. have that same connection. I think people learned a lot of that in the pandemic as well, because people who had never struggled with loneliness or isolation before obviously were then legally mandated to be lonely and be isolated. And there was a slight return to making a phone call rather than, um, you know, sending a text or going for a walk rather than having a phone call or, or whatever it was. Yeah. Mm. Um, and I mean, we talked about at the time, will that disappear as life comes back to normal? And I think it has slightly started to do that again where people would rather send a text or that you know, thing where you're, you, you realize you get to a Friday evening or something, it probably doesn't happen to you too. And you don't want to do it. Cause you'll be off to the BAFTAs or something, but it'd be like, <laughs> you get to, you, you get Not to, again. or whatever, <laughs> round to Eamon Holmes's house for 
Shepherd's pie and champagne or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> for some shepherd's pie and some cocaine. <laughs> I don't know why it was Eamon. Sorry, yeah, I don't know yeah. if you're friends with Eamon. Oh, Eamon uh, great, great guy. Eamon going around his homes. What was it? <laughs> Alison Hammond. Maybe going Alison around, Hammond or something. Going around Eamon's homes. <laughs> That's too good. I love um, the idea of having shepherd's pie and some sugar booger. Yeah, <laughs> in bed with some with Eamon. Some fabs. Get um, some fabs out of the freezer. Anyway, this business where you get to a Friday evening and you go, shit, I haven't got anything planned. And so rather than um, sort of exist in your own, uh, well, what I would do is like wang out five or six different texts to different people. Not because you really want to, not because I'm like desperate. Often if someone replies, go, oh yeah, I'm free. Do you want to go to the pub? I'll get, oh fuck, not really actually. No, I just I want don't. to feel like something is happening around me or I want to feel a kind of quick vector to connection. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. What I've realized, and I've noticed this in myself, is because we're, we're so used to being plugged into this thing where there's constant feedback, constant feedback. When we don't have that feedback, you get like anxious. You're like, oh, yes, God, what? Like, why don't I have someone replying to me? Why don't I have this? Mm -hmm. It's completely bonkers. It's unnatural. We shouldn't be like that. We need to have these periods where we just are existing within our own well, internal space and not like being like, oh God, why isn't someone speaking to me? You're so right. And I was, I was um, talking about this, um, this morning with someone else, this, uh, this business of how much time. So I, last week I spent two hours a day on social media on my phone, which is something like 730 hours a year, which is basically the month of February. Oh my god! Right? So I and I'm pretty. I'm two hours isn't bad. Like two hours is good. It's pretty good. So right? A lot, a lot really of people good. are like heading towards eight hours and shit, which is right, bonkers. Right, and uh, and that's the entire month of February. So imagine what you could get done if you you could write a book. It's a lot of wanking. You could write another book. Yeah, it's 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 the product, productivity. It's so interesting though, um, Josh. What you say about that, that firing that message out. I think a lot of people, including myself, relate to that. And actually, that's a lot of the time why I let people down. I used to do that much more is that I would fire out a message to four or five different people. What are you doing tonight? They would respond. You want to go to the pub? And then I wouldn't want to really do anything. Or I would have already made a plan with someone else. And then I would commit. And then you, you start to disassociate yourself with those people. But loneliness is a, a big thing. And I think from my experience with it, I experienced it massively um, where I was disconnected, which is where we were doing MI Made in Chelsea a lot. And um, I was feeling, I was becoming more and more socially anxious. Because every single situation, we, I think we spoke about this as well with you and you, Josh. I was becoming, becoming more and more socially anxious because every single situation I would go into, mm. I would think it was a scene. I would think that I was going in to do a scene. So oh, I, really? I would have to perform every single time. And when I would leave that scene or that just normal situation with a friend or whoever it was, I would think they were giving me an Uber rating out of 10. And if I hadn't made them laugh or I hadn't made them do this or I hadn't interested them in something that I was going to get low uberating, therefore they weren't going to like me and I was going to be rejected. Now, this all goes back to probably parents being divorced and going to boarding school, this kind of stuff. Nightmare when you get low uberating. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can't get a fucking cab for Yeah, it's money. terrible. But so what happened was, I remember it very well, we we're going to the south of France filming out there and uh, I had neglected so many friends and family members because I... Um, 
just I, I just didn't being in a social situation one on one or two on one or whatever it was was too intimate. So I just rejected it all. And I was sitting in going back to go to the south of France and I thought, oh, I should go out tonight. And I didn't know who to message. I was like, who do I message right now? Cool. Because mm. I think you were out in France, but I came out late. I thought, I can't phone anyone. Mm. There's no, there isn't because I haven't, I've rejected everyone for so long. And if I suddenly phone, that's going to be weird. And so I had to then rebuild that. And I felt incredibly lonely yeah. because I, even though I was on a TV show and I was, had Instagram followers or whatever it was and had family and friends around me, I just felt so disconnected from everyone because I had pushed everyone away because I was so anxious and I felt, and it, and it made me sad. I felt so anxious about it all. Alex, did you have the same thing with the whole, did it sort of bleed into your experience of normal life? Um, I guess maybe you- I, I, I think I was maybe slightly better than you, Jay, at yeah, like partitioning the two where I kept, because uh, I, I kind of identified that there was, it was a bit of theatre to, to doing that show, right? In terms of like, well, you're more authentic the, than me. I would say, if, if I'm totally honest, I, if we're being honest, I, you are. Oh, I think I'm a showman. I think the greatest showman. You allow you allow certain driving forces to take hold of you more than yeah. I did, and I was good at like keeping truer to myself in some yeah, moments yeah, yeah, where, totally. you, where you maybe didn't. Um, but but I think with with loneliness, it's it's kind of like objective, isn't it? Really, like you could have some guy who sat on the top of the Himalayas who could be the most content guy in the world. So it's, I guess it's all about like, how, how do you view loneliness? Like, what does it mean to you? Like, what, what is, so you, you, you said, uh, Josh, that it was, it was about connection, right? Yeah. Is that connection with another human? Is that what I, we're I, talking I, about? I, 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 I think so. Yeah, I, I think, I think, well, again, and, it, and I guess it's the form of that connection because it's like, you know, you could be walking or for example, you could be on set and you could be talking to everyone there. That's connection on the face of it, but you're not really connecting. There's no one there that you can turn to if... Yeah. You need to connect properly, you know, right? This is a slight sideline, but I watched the I Lady Gaga documentary on oh, Netflix. God, have you seen it? No, yeah, I've not it, seen it's it. Fascinating. It's fascinating. So Favourite Lady Gaga song gone? Uh, Pavarazzi. <laughs> or actually Bad Romance. Not, not like. Poker Bad Face. Romance. Yeah. Yeah. Not Poker Face. What's some of the shit from the movie, the Bradley Cooper movie? What was that? Um, uh, Star, Star is Born. Love some of that. Anyway, she has this line in it where she's <clears throat> she's gets finally gets home after having been on tour or whatever it is. Yeah. And she has this line, which is, I spend my whole day with people touching me. Mm. And then when I get home, no one touches me because I don't have a boyfriend and I'm on my own and no one, because there's yeah. always like hair and makeup people and yeah. publicists yeah, and blah, yeah, blah, blah, yeah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. And she gets home, she's just like, I feel this total lack of touch. Yeah, yeah you would. Which is a kind of, I suppose, an interesting way of but, thinking about loneliness as well. A bit like physical connection as well. Yeah, but I guess it, it kind of mirrors a little bit back to what we were talking about again, which is like overdoing it with anything, right? Yes. So overdoing it with the porn, overstimulating. So our our view of connection maybe is a little bit distorted because we're like, we're thinking all of these different, like we're on WhatsApp all the time, we're talking all the time, we're thinking that's connection. But actually, is that really at its well, core proper connection? Is that what's going to make us feel good? Well, like, it, it, what, what is that? What makes us feel really good? A psychotherapist would argue Right, that that um, a real connection is where it's not via phone or anything. It's in person, touch, feel. A real connection is someone that you will go and spend their birthday with them. That's a real connection. And when you lack that in life, that's when you. That's when a lot of um, anxiety and sadness kicks in. There is these huge arguments, which are, um, you know, the happiness test, which is I've said it before in the podcast, which they did a social experiment and they did it over the whole people's whole life, and at the end. 
They realized the happiest people weren't the ones who were the richest or the most famous or the most powerful. It was the ones who had the best connection with family and friends. They were the fundamentally the most happiest. And, you, you know, we see loneliness in much older people because they, lots of their friends have died and their kids, they don't have kids potentially or their partners have died um, or their kids are doing other things. So they feel incredibly lonely that way. And we live in a generation of being lonely because we feel like we don't fit in. Mm. So we feel we, we don't well, fit I, I in. Think, I think, yeah, the, the importance of community has been lost because there's so many big driving forces that want to kind of like isolate us and keep us as like a single individual. Whereas previously we were all part of community. And I think, you know, if, if something's going wrong in your life or you need someone to look after your baby or something, you can turn, to, so your, right. turn to your neighbor uh, or whatever and say. And also, um, I've, I wrote something about this before where it's, talking specifically about the way that social media is designed yeah and the great lie which is that it exists to bring us together mm. in fact the success of a social media company is predicated on us feeling apart and us existing apart otherwise what would be the point yeah. of instagram or what would be the point of <clears throat> even whatsapp if people are connected and people are fe yeah feeling that degree of connection why the fuck would they spend any time on instagram yeah, but yeah, gawping I mean, at someone else's life, or why would you spend any time, you know, sending out text messages to people who you've no interest in actually seeing on WhatsApp? Yeah, I mean, be, being slight, yeah, being slightly doubtful about the the big existing powers and knowing what their interests are. For us, man. The 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 last thing they would want are these these apps that connect everyone. It would be yeah. the worst thing for them because well, it doesn't work like that. They don't want everyone to come together because then people suddenly realize and go, oh, hang on a minute. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're yeah, not yeah. up to but, much good. But we live in, we're living in a world, right, which is is the most connected we've ever been, but we're the most disconnected we've ever been as well. This is a, this is from Mind, and they say one common description of loneliness is the feeling we get when we are need for rewarding social contact and relationships is not met. But loneliness is not always the same as being alone. You may choose to be alone and live happily without much contact with other people, while others may find this a lonely experience. Mm. Or you may have lots of social contact or be in a relationship or part of a family and still feel lonely, especially if you don't feel understood or cared for by the people around you. One thing I've learned is the difference between feeling alone and feeling lonely and how you can feel lonely in a crowd full of people, but quiet, but quite peaceful and content when alone. Yeah. It, you know, it, yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's I interesting, right? There's lots of different forms of it. And I think we confuse ourselves with being lonely was when you, you just don't have any friends because you feel like a loner. But that isn't loneliness. We're, we're lonely because we are so, f you know, you, we know the statistics of mental health and anxiety and things like that. So, so then the question is, is then how do we overcome that? Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I think to take it one step further, and it depends, I don't know how spiritual both you guys are, but like, Should we close our eyes for this? <laughs> yeah, should we hold hands? If you could close your Can eyes someone get and um, get some... if, you could pull, if you could pull your pants down, <laughs> um, we'll begin. Um, but, you know, there, there is the, there's the belief that, you know, we are essentially all one and, and our, our souls are all connected, essentially all part of this universal kind of, kind of goo. So you'd get, you know, this guy sat on the top of, top of the Himalayas and he doesn't need to be around people because he knows he is connected to the universe. He is connected to nature. Mm -hmm. He is connected to everyone uh, in that moment. And, and to be honest, one of the things that's really helped me is actually, like, it's, again, sounds cliche and I am becoming a cliche, but getting back out into nature and just like taking it in and appreciating it. It's, there's lots it, of there's lots of research into it, that. It does really yeah. does really help. It's it's turned it around. What's pretty, the, it pretty around? quickly for me? Yeah, I mean, I feel pretty sweet. What's the research? <laughs> there's lots of research about well, different. There's different uh, sort of strands, but connection with nature is a really important part of of mental health. 
And there's one study which I thought was really interesting where they compare the mental health benefits of running on a treadmill mm. versus the mental health benefits of running on a running through a woodland or a park or something like that. Both are good, there's, but the woodland kicks the shit there's, out there's, of the there's treadmill. An, there's an interesting, deeper connection to this. Actually, I was watching something yesterday and, and it links into someone we had on talking about gut health. And when you go for a run in the woods, you actually take on a load more microbiome because of the, the diversity in, in woodland is so much higher than in the city. Mm. So that then makes your gut stronger, which then makes your mental health better. Yes. Apparently. So there's yeah, like, yeah, it's, yeah. A double, it's, it's a double hit. I remember when I was uh, going through my really sort of terrible period and my therapist said to me, when you go running, because I would go, go running down the river, he says, what do you do? And I said, oh, I listen to music or a podcast. He says, don't. Just, just run really with nothing Ooh. you're listening to. Yeah, I know, boring, right? But actually, there was something much clearer about it, and, so, and more rewarding, I suppose. But it, it's interesting, right? It's, I, I, I truly believe running, running with nothing is good because you actually have to think. Yeah, you, you get forced, and a lot. I know a lot of people that will run for hours as therapy because they just they have they're forced in their own mind to believe, just think. I just so so I, cynical I, I, about those I, people who I say hate, that they, they have running. that. Yeah, I'm running. like, I do, I do my five kilometers three times. Yes. Not you fucking know, but I do it three times a week. And every time I do it, I go, I, the, the moment I leave, I'm like, how much longer? How yeah, much yeah, longer? yeah, yeah, yeah. I go, okay, I've listened to three minutes of this song. I'm probably running at 12 kilometers an hour, which means I've got this much left. And, and that's my whole thing for yeah, yeah, 25 yeah, you're, you're minutes constantly... it takes, and then I'm done. I, 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 Maybe I, one in a hundred, I'm in the Nike advert and it's like me in the road. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? And like, oh my God, it comes and says four kilometers. I'm like, oh my God, that what, flew by. <laughs> the rest of the time, it's a fucking grind. Yeah, Don't you think? There, I totally agree with you. The... um. But the, the, the way that I also think that we conquer all of this or not or, or begin to conquer it is um, exposing yourself to the situation. Exposing is a weird word, but exposing yourself. So um, you, we always talk about this, Josh. You mm -hmm. know, if you have OCD, right, and you you don't want to walk across three drains because you're worried the world's going to end if you do, walk across three drains and realize that actually it's not as bad as you thought it was going to be. Yes. And, and with loneliness, what happens is, is that we're either scared to connect um, or we're worried what people are going to think of us or that we're socially anxious. But if you push yourself out a little bit outside of your comfort zone, if you go find an app or you, you message an old friend or you just go and meet up for a, 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 I know, a drink or a breakfast or whatever it is, even though it's going to fill you with so much anxiety because you're worried about doing it, go and do it. Because then when you've done it, you'll realize actually it isn't that bad. And the more times you do that, you train yourself to feel better. And then your loneliness will start to deplete. That's what and, I did. And put your phone away when you see your friend. Totally. For, like Dr. Rongnam was saying that. He had a patient that came in that was... Uh, sort of on, on the face of it, it looked like he had everything was successful, but was really depressed. And he just subscri uh, subscribed him to go and subscribe, prescribed, prescribed. him to, to go and see his mate and put his phone away for an hour and a half each, mm. each week. And he came back and felt it's amazing after. But I would say just to add to that thing, because this is true of lots of mental health conditions, but loneliness is one of the, the ones. I think there is a, there'd be a degree of embarrassment about saying to your friend, like I'm actually really, really quite down in the dumps and, quite alone yeah. feel very isolated but in my experience that the process of asking for help is is so so important mm. and it's also got so much easier <clears throat> you know i've been wanging on about this kind of stuff for like four or five years and in that time the public conversation around mental health and attitudes towards mental health have moved on so quickly to the point where now it's kind of well I don't, not in everywhere there's obviously not not in all walks of life and, and everything but saying like oh, I would really love to go for a walk with you because I, I'm feeling very very lonely is a very difficult thing to say mm. but it's also the most important and powerful first step I think absolutely being vulnerable is key exactly. it's, it's showing vulnerability is such an attractive thing and people don't think it is um, I, I, I truly believe that I think that um, 
I think that we've we've lost connection. We've gained social media, but we we've lost connection, and that's why this sort of loneliness has really risen. And I think that we really got to try and conquer that. If you can hit us up <laughs> no, on at Private Parts yeah. Podcast yeah. on Instagram. Uh, no, but, but it's, just, it's true. It's it's the it's the thing that start 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 talking about it, right? Yeah. I remember um, I went for uh, just in between the lockdowns, right? Mm. I remember this. It was just we could all go out and what see people and things like that. And I had a dinner party with a couple of our friends. You weren't there, many, right? Um, and we we were all sitting there, so, but we were sitting there. And it was so funny. We were talking about and we had a couple of drinks. We got a bit deep because it was lockdown and whatever. A few skinny bitches, yeah, a few skinny bitches. And um, we were talking about the fact that we feel um, alone. And one of the guys there said, do you know what I do? I was so jealous of my brother who has just left school. He sits and he plays PlayStation and he has all of his mates on FaceTime. and They just talk about nothing. Mm. And I really miss that. And actually the person that I call is my mum. And it went round the circle. And each person said, God, I'm, I'm the same. I'm the same. I miss that like time because life takes over and we did, you know, disconnect from people. Um, and actually... Uh, a lot of the things that one of the you know the biggest thing that people regret when they die, like well not regret I suppose when they die they say wish they'd done more of top five things that people wish they'd done more of in their life right one of them is uh, taking more risks the other one is not caring like one of them is caring not as much about money lots of stuff like that but one of the big things is staying connected with friends I think we lose that because we forget that. Friends are like gardens. We have to water them to make them grow. Wow. It's, okay, that's a good one. It's true, right? It's 100% true. I agree and, with that. And I learned it the hard way. I really did. I didn't water my friends. in the, the night, so I really <laughs> didn't. And, and I lost connections with lots of them. And You, you now just piss all over. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I think it is true. And it's also important to act vulnerable. They did this, again, this survey where they got um, 30, a group of depressed people. Um, and they put half of them on antidepressants to see what would happen. And they put half of them on uh, activities in the evening. So they would go to a bridge club or a hockey club or a tennis club. And actually they saw more improvement with the people who went to the social clubs than actually on antidepressants. Hmm. Connection is the biggest thing. Connection is the key. We just need to get more, like everything we do is so unnatural these days. We need to take it back. The answers are all there. They're pretty simple. We're just, we've got to stop all this noise around I've got to be us. honest. I mean, it sounds like a very heavy dinner party, don't you think? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So I'm to, thinking, like, what did you cook, by the way? Do you, you don't cook, do you? I've asked I, this before. I, you, you said no. Are you cook like, I'll have like a jus and a mousse. And like, there you do are mousse. Mm, there you white go. White wine jus. There will be mousse. Garlic <laughs> moule and white wine jus. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, to <laughs> end things, Josh. Josh. <laughs> Garlic moule and white Garlic moule. <laughs> Josh, as the king of this, what would you say that if you are someone who is feeling lonely, especially during this week, or you're feeling anxious or whatever it is, what would you say to that person? Two things uh, uh, that, that I would say. Number one, ask for help, like we were talking about earlier. And the second thing, well, I always say this, it doesn't matter if it's a problem to do with loneliness, anxiety, depression, obsessive compulsive disorder, anything like that. To try to hold in your head the thought that it will always get better. And yeah. what is so tricky with mental health is um, at the moment when it's at its worst is when you can just never foresee a moment where it's going to be better. And I've had some really, really, really miserable weeks and months and now I'm a lot, lot better. And that's the thing that I would suggest to people to try and remember. It always gets better. I love that. Mm-hmm. This too shall pass. I You're really that. on one today with what are we going to get next? I mean, I love <laughs> that. I love that. Mitt, what's your one? Um, yeah, I mean, I would kind of mirror what Josh just said and, and I'm a firm believer that uh, there's always an equal and opposite uh, in the other direction. So if something is really terrible, 
there's going to be some good shit down the other end of it. And, oh, and that's yeah, happened yeah. in my life. And I've, I've felt pretty fucking awful at times. Mm. And I felt amazing, you know, a couple of months later. So you just hang on in there and uh, exactly. get yourself into the woods. Yes. But don't go naked though. Not yet. <laughs> um, enjoy, enjoy nature and meet up with your mates. I love that. Put your I, phone away. And I also think focusing on loneliness because that's what Mental Health Awareness Week is about this week. I would say that if you are someone who's feeling lonely, um, push yourself outside your comfort zone. Go and join a social club, even though it may fill you with incredible anxiety. Phone your friend, go and have, do something that, that would um, challenge you, that do the unexpected for yourself mm. and, and see if it changes. What is the worst that could happen? There isn't. So if you are feeling shit, if you are feeling crap, if you are feeling lonely, go and do that. And again, as Josh, you said, whatever you're feeling, this too shall pass. Everything passes. It does get better. And whoever you are, you are always going to be wanted by someone. For sure. Um, so yeah, that was all of us. Hey, Josh, your book, how's it doing? Yeah, it's doing. It's, doing, it's in the Kindle spring summer sale so you can get yeah, it for 99p a year of my life it took me to do that and now it's 99p wait so but this is this home. isn't uh, uh, oh uh, the new uh, one yeah drift also 99p so you, it's yeah generation drift which is a book about careers and yeah, why we're it's amazing. in our jobs also 99p so you can have, buy my entire oeuvre for two pounds i, I would <laughs> honestly pound 98. How about that? nice not bad yeah not bad this is not being biased go and get josh's books i swear to god they are game changers for so many people they have helped oh, thanks, on, I, I swear i'm not just saying good you're here i really truly believe that they are funny witty interesting um and they save lives so 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 go and grow it that's very kind josh love you cheers boys millie been a pleasure love you to meet you love you too and to everyone else um have a great week and we'll see you on friday where we have ben west Ben West, 22 years old. Very good. Um, his brother committed suicide at 15. And he now is an activist to stop uh, people taking their own lives. And how, in whatever ways I you can do, to do that. One. That sounds great. It's amazing. Yeah. This Friday, go and check it out. All right, everybody. Um, have a great week and we'll see you later. Goodbye. Ciao for now.